Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. We are continuing with our theme of equipping the body of Christ so that it can be effective in their own, not just in their personal life, but also in the ministry that God has called us on into as individuals. Now, there are two types of people in this world, two types. Okay? Those who want to see, those who want to get things done, and those who don't want to make mistakes. Okay? Two types of people. People who want to get things done. They just want to get things done. Regardless of how they get it done, they just want to get it done. And there are some people who don't ever want to make mistakes. Now, for those who want to get things done, they understand that if they are going to move forward, they will make mistakes as they move along. They know that. That if they are going to get anything done in life, they will make mistakes. That if they are able to get anything done in life, they are going to. There are times when they will miss their steps. There are times when they will under, misunderstand certain things. There are times when they will not fully. They will not fully understand what is going on, but yet they will move forward. There will be mistakes in their life. They understand that. But the problem is that for those who don't want to make mistakes in life, what they have effectively done for themselves is this: they have effectively limited their opportunity for moving forward. Because if you wait for everything to be perfect. If you wait till you understand everything before you move forward, if you wait till the conditions are perfect, you are going to wait a very long time. Okay? You are going to wait a very long time. And what will happen is that you might not be able to move forward. Last week I told you that one of the ways in which one of our, one of our goals as a church is to be able to equip believers to do what? To be effective in their personal lives and in their ministry. And if we are going to effectively equip Christians to be effective in their personal life and in their, in their, in their work with the Lord, we said the first thing we need to do is to be able to challenge them to dream so that they can see a possible future. They can see what God has made available for them. They can see what is possible outside of the realm of the, of, the, of, the, of the physical that they can see right now. They should be able to see into the supernatural and see what God can make available. Yeah. Okay? It is when you are able to see that, that is when you are able to move from where you are to where you need to be. I said that is the only way you can grow personally. That's why the only way you can grow your ministry. The man who built most of the, the people who built most of the things that we see today, it was because they were able to see beyond what they were looking at at that point in time. That's why they were able to build it. And I refer to something I used to call something the law of double creation. The law of double creation simply means that unless you are able to conceive it, unless you are able to see it in the spiritual, you cannot see it in the physical. The architect who built or who designed this particular building must first of all see this building in his mind. 
If he's not able to see it in his mind, he will not be able to put it on paper. If he cannot put it on paper, the designers, the building engineers cannot build this thing. The same thing, if we are going to move from where we are to where we need to be as individual, as a family, as a church, as a community, as a nation, we need to be able to receive a picture of a desired future. We need to be able to see a picture of a desired future. And that's basically what we're talking about. That's basically what we talked about last week. And I remember saying that where there is a dream, there is always a hope. Where there is a dream, there is always a hope. Where there is hope, there is always faith. And where there is faith, all things are possible. Because if you believe you can fly, you might probably need to take Prozac. (laughs) 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 Or go to Clover Bottom. But (laughs) I don't believe anybody can fly here. But the point is that if you believe you can do something, if you believe you can do something, then you know that you have the ability to do it. You know? You know that you are able to do those things because what happened there? It energizes you. It strengthens you. Okay? There was a story that was told of a particular city in Maine. In the state of Maine. We were told that there was a dam that was to be built in that city. A dam was supposed to be built in that city. And the residents were paid to relocate because when they built the dam, that particular city will be flooded by water. So they paid the residents to relocate. And you know the interesting thing that happened is this. As soon as the residents were paid and they received money, what happened is that they stopped taking care of the city. And the city started dying. Okay? The city started dying. Even before the city was flooded, the city died. Alright? Where there is no dream, there is no hope. Where there is no hope, there is no faith. And where there is no faith, there is no possibility of anything. Because if you don't believe you can do it, why try in the first place? If you don't believe that you can do it, why waste your time? I said it before and I'll say it again. If you don't believe God can hear and answer prayer, why waste your time praying? I mean, why should you be talking to God if you know He doesn't answer you? You know? It's just like I know that if I know that my wife is not going to talk to me because she's angry at me for something, why would I want to talk to her? You know? The whole idea is that unless you believe, unless there is a faith, unless you know that there is something that is about to happen in your life, that is what energizes you to move forward. That is what energizes, that's what strengthens you. That is what gives you the hope. That's what gives you the faith to be able to step ahead. In Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, reading from verse number 3, the Bible tells us there. It says, For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. You know, many of us, at one point in time, we have heard about the story of Abraham. Right? If you have gone to school, if you have gone to church, for even just for one day, you have heard about Abraham. Abraham, the father of our faith. Now, the Bible introduced us to Abraham in the book of Genesis chapter 11. In Genesis 11 verse 26, the Bible says that when Terah had lived 70 years, he became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Okay, in chapter 12 of Genesis, we began to see the interactions and the dealings of God with the life of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, reading from verse 1, the Bible tells us, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the family of the earth be blessed. Now, if you look at that Romans chapter, if you look at that verse number 2 again of that Genesis, Genesis 12, if you read verse 2 again, the Bible tells us there, it says, I will make thee a great nation and I will bless thee and I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, 
if you read that verse of the scripture, that is the dream. That is the picture. That is the imagine. That is the that is the picture of a possible future that God is giving to Abraham. God is saying, "This is where you are right now." But later in life, this is what I am going to make you to be. He painted a picture for Abraham to say, this is what you are going to look like in the future. Okay? This is the possible future that God is promised, that God has promised Abraham. Please know that receiving the dream is not enough. It's not enough for you to just see a possible future. It's not enough for you to dream about a possible future. It's not enough to receive a promise of a possible future. Before Abraham can see the possible future, before Abraham can realize what God has promised unto him, he must be able to believe that dream. If God tells you, I'm going to do something in your life, if God says, I'm going to bless you, if God says, I'm going to heal you, if God says, I'm going to deliver you, it is, it is meaningless if you don't believe it. It's meaningless. Unless you believe it, okay, Abraham's possible future will never happen if Abraham never believed it. The same thing, whatever God has spoken into your life at the beginning of this year, is not going to happen if you don't believe it. If you don't believe it. Because if I tell somebody right now, all you have to do is come to downtown Nashville at 12 o'clock tomorrow morning and you will receive a check of a million dollars. If you don't believe it, you are not going to leave your house. Mm-hmm. So look at this African man. He doesn't even have the money. He wants to give you a million dollars. Come on. <laughs> you know, you don't believe me, so you won't get out of your house. But if you believe me that I'm able to give a million dollar check and I will give it to you at 12 noon at downtown, what happens? You will get there before 12 o'clock. Yes. Because you believe that I can give you. Because you believe that I have that kind of money. Okay? Now, you can imagine if it was the president that promised you a million dollars. What happens? Everybody will line up there. Why? Because they believe he has the money, he can give it out. But if an African man like me gives us a account, okay, okay, just get away, man. This guy. <laughs> you're, asking, you're asking for offering every Sunday, you want to give me one million dollars? Come on, forget about it. So, but the point we are making is this. The promise that God had made unto Abraham. The promise he made unto Abraham. That promise can only come to pass if Abraham believed. That's number one. Number two, that promise can only happen if Abraham believed the person who spoke the promise. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you believe the person who spoke the promise, that is when that person, uh, the promise will happen. It's not just believing the promise. Because if you believe this, yes, I can give you the money. If you don't believe me as an individual, that I am faithful enough to do it, that I'm trustworthy enough to do it, that I have the capacity to give you that kind of money, you will not believe it. So it is one thing. You have to believe, first of all, the promise. Number two, that you believe the giver of the promise. Then number three, you must believe that God is able to fulfill it. I may have a good intention of giving you money. I may have the good intention of helping you out. But the question is, do I have the money? And the answer, you know already. I don't have a million dollars to give you. If I have a million dollars, I'm sure you will not be sitting in this kind of a place. I can bet you, you will not sit in this kind of a place. You will be sitting in a very glorious cathedral. <laughs> but that is a different story for another day. The point we are making is that you have to, first of all, believe the promise. Then you believe the person who is giving the promise. Then you have to believe that the person has the capacity or the ability to be able to fulfill the promise that they have made. And then he must also believe in his ability to trust and walk with God in the process of believing him. That's good. In other words, do I have enough faith to hold on to this man, to wait for that promise to be fulfilled? Because one thing we fail to understand is this, the fact that God gave you a promise today does not mean it's going to happen tomorrow. 
God follows his own timetable. That's right. And that is another story for another day. But the thing is that he must believe. For Abraham, for the dream to happen in the life of Abraham, he must believe, number one, the dream. He must believe the giver of the dream. He must believe that the giver of the dream has the ability to fulfill that dream. And he must also believe in his own ability to trust and walk with God in the process of fulfilling that dream. And finally, he must be ready to act on the dream. He must be willing to act. In other words... The million dollars check that I'm going to give to you, even if I write it right now, I have the ability to give it. I am willing to give it. I am faithful to give it. If you don't stretch forth your hand, I'm not going to force it into your hand. I hope you know that. It's not going to happen. You must stretch forth your hands to receive it. And that is why the Bible tells us the book of Joshua chapter 1. It says that wherever the sole of your feet shall tread upon... There I have given unto you. In other words, if the sole of your feet does not tread upon anything, you are getting nothing. Simple mathematics. If you multiply a million by zero, you will get what? Zero. It doesn't make it. So unless Abraham is willing and ready to act, unless you are willing to get up and do something, unless you are willing to put your feet to the faith, you know, put faith to your feet, or feet to your faith, or whatever you want to do, you know, if you are willing to do something, the promise of God will not just happen. God does not expect you to sit and put your life on cruise control. Okay? And then the car just keep going and you just relax and just chill and then God start pouring blessing. It does not work like that. It doesn't work like that. Okay? You have to be engaged in the process. You have to be engaged in the process. So for Abraham to see the promise that God has promised him, he must be willing, he must be ready to act upon that promise. He must be willing to act and ready. But remember, everything starts with the ability to be able to believe God. Because if you don't believe God, you are not going to get off your butt. If you don't believe God, you are not going to move. If you don't believe God, you are not going to even trust Him. You wouldn't even want to entertain any other thought. Everything starts with believing in God. Then it follows with believing ourselves. And then it not, then believe, you know, not only in the possible future, but in the realization of that possible future. There is something we used to say back home. That when the Lord is blessing Mr. A and blessing Mr. B, do not make my own case an impossible case. In other words, there are times when you go into a particular environment and you see people receiving blessing, people receiving all sorts of things. And then by the time when the individual comes and stops and stays in line, they tell you that that particular item is finished. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. But the Lord will make it possible that when He is blessing everybody around us, our own blessing will not be an illusion in Jesus' name. Now, it is not enough to see a possible future, but we must believe in the realize, possibility of the realization of that, of, that, of that future. In other words, that yes, people can be promoted. You must not only believe that God can promote, but you must believe that God can promote you. You, can only, you must not only believe that God can heal, but you must believe that God can heal you. You must not only believe that God can deliver, but you must believe that God can deliver you. If people are winning the lottery, you cannot just say, oh, other people will win it. You must also believe that you too, are, you, can, you can also win it. In other words, what God is doing for everybody, you must believe that it is possible also in your own life. Because if you don't believe it's possible in your life, what happens is that you will clap for other people, but you will not expect it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is why you see people come to church. And you will notice that the people that receive miracles in the church are the first time or second time visitors. 
Because the people who are in the church are already so used to the messages in the church. We are so used to the way things are done in the church. We are so familiar with God that when God is moving, we don't even recognize Him anymore. But you find that the people who are new to the kingdom, the people who are new to the whole thing, the people who are new to church, when God is moving, they realize it because they've not seen it before, so they embrace it and they receive the miracle. I pray our own miracle will not elude us in Jesus' name. But you must not only believe that it is possible, believe that it is possible in your own life. Yeah. Okay? Let's go back to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, I want us to read from verse number 18 now. Romans chapter 4, reading from verse number 18. The Bible tells us, See, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall I see be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not himself, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Okay? From this verse of the scripture, you will see that Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God when it was not, when there was no reason to believe God. Abraham believed God when there was no reason to believe God. Look at that verse number 18. He said, who against hope believed in hope. In other words, there was no hope for him. There was no there was no possibility of anything happening. The Bible says, who against hope, Abraham believed. Abraham believed God when there was no reason to believe God. The same thing in your life. If you want to see God move on your behalf, you believe God even when you don't have any reason to believe. Number two, how do we see the miracle of God operating in our life? Abraham believed God when it was ridiculous to believe God. Look at that same chapter, that same chapter of the Bible. The Bible says, and he that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. This is a 75-year-old man, a 100-year-old man. The wife is almost 90. These people are not able to do anything that looks like having children anymore. But the Bible says that they continue to believe God, even when it was ridiculous. <laughs> you see an 80-year-old woman and you are walking up and down, you see an 80-year-old man, you can't even stand up right and you say you still want to have children. You say, Baba, Haba, take it easy, man. You can't do this thing anymore. You understand the idea? It, when it was ridiculous to believe God, he continued to believe God. Number three, Abraham believed God when it was impossible to believe God. <laughs> You look at the condition of Sarah. You look at his own physical condition. You know it's not going to happen. Under any laws of science, it will not happen. But he has for, but people, when people look at it like that, they forget that this same God is the God that makes creative miracles. He's the one that turns things around. And when he, you know, when things are impossible, Abraham believed God. And it began to happen. The Bible says he considered not his own body now dead. His own body was now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, he still believed that God would give him a child. At a hundred, he still believed. So Abraham believed God when it was impossible to believe God. Abraham believed God when it was irrational to believe God. When it was irrational to believe God. The Bible says, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. It's not just his own problem now. They have double problem. He is old. His wife is old. His wife, I mean, 
it, it, what, it, I think when you get to a certain stage, they call the same for women, they call it menopause. Abraham has gone beyond, uh, sorry, Sarah has gone beyond menopause. Mm-hmm. There's another word, yes, that's where she is right now. It's not happening for her anymore. But the Bible says that they continue to believe. Even when faith is irrational, you continue to believe. Despite all this odd, Abraham still believed God. Now, if we are going to lift up our own lives, if we are going to lift up our own families, if we are going to lift up our own churches, we, ha- we must understand, it is not enough for you to dream. But you must be able to believe that your dream can come true. We must be able to see, you know, you must be able to see beyond what you are seeing right now. You must be able to trust God. There was a particular guy who said this, I think it was John Maxwell who said, a, to a belief is more than just an idea, you know, that a person possesses. It is an idea that possesses an individual. It's not for you to just say, I believe something. When you say somebody believes something, your belief will motivate your action. If I believe that this particular chair is strong enough to carry me, how do I demonstrate that this chair, that I believe that this chair can carry me? It is when I sit down. If I don't sit down, I don't believe it. I can say it, but I don't believe it. Your faith, your, your, your statement of belief is a function of your action. So, what you believe is what possesses you. Number two, to believe is to accept as true or real the things that God has said about you. To believe is to have a confidence or trust that you will be able to see the future that God has spoken concerning you. The result of what you have accepted as true or the, or the confidence that you have now propels you into action. If you believe God, you act on his word. Mm-hmm. If you believe God, you act on his word. So you see, if you are conf- if you are not confident on the things that God has said about you, it will show in your action, it will show in the things that you do. And if you look at the book of Proverbs chapter 23, Proverbs 23, reading from verse number 7, the Bible says, As a man thinks, as a man thinks, so he is. That's right. In other words, what is going on inside of you? Is basically what is happening is what that's who you are. Okay, you become on the outside what you believe on the inside. Okay, if you believe the whole world is against you, you will act like that. If you believe that the whole world loves you, you will behave like that also. And that's why you see some people when they move around, it's always sunshine. And when you see some people, they are always very angry. It's not because anything is happening, it's what is happening inside of them. The Bible says, as a man thinks. So he is. That is why believing what God has said about you is very, very important because, number one, it determines everything. It determines everything that happens to you. Whatever you believe about what God has said to you determines everything that happens to you because the Bible tells in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Number two, believing what God has said about you determines your relationship with Him. Yes. Because if you don't believe Him, it's just like I tell you I'm going to give you something and you don't believe me. How can we have a good relationship if you don't even believe me? If you don't believe me, you will not be here this morning. If you don't believe that God has given us a mandate as a church, you will not come into this place. You will not subject yourself to it. It is your faith that determines your relationship with God and with your fellow man. Because you believe that person. Because you trust that person to a certain level. That is why you have a relationship with them. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Mm-hmm. Number three, believing what God has said to you determines your expectation. Mm-hmm. It determines what you expect from God. If you don't believe that God has the ability to help you, you don't expect anything from Him. 
Okay? But if you believe that God that owns the heavens and the earth, the one that owns the cattle on the thousand hill, if you believe that particular God, then you expect Him to do something for you. But if you don't believe Him, you don't expect anything. You don't believe Him, you don't expect anything. For he that will come, look at that Hebrew chapter 11 again, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Believing what God has said about you determines your expectation. The Bible says, blessed are those, sorry, not the Bible now, one of the founding fathers of this country. It says, blessed are those who do not expect anything. Forget shall not be disappointed. If you are not expecting anything, you will never be disappointed because you are not going to get anything. Okay? Blessed are those who do not expect nothing, who do not expect anything, for they shall not be disappointed. But those who are expecting God to do something in their life, they too will not be disappointed because God will do something in their life. You cannot live in a way that is inconsistency, that is inconsistent with your expectation. You cannot tell me I don't expect anything and then you keep. You keep I mean, your life you cannot live it. Your your the way you live your life cannot be inconsistent with your expectation. If you are trusting God to do something for you, it will show in the way you behave. It will show in the way you pray. It will show in the way you study your word. Of, you know, study the word of God. It will show in the way you live your life. But if you are not expecting God to do anything, you live a careless life. So you cannot live in a way that is inconsistent inconsistent with your expectation. Believing what God has said in your said about you also determines your attitude. Yeah. A man who is expecting a big amount of windfall, immediately you see him, you can see he's happy because he knows something is coming. And that's why, if you look at some of the men, and you know, when we we're growing up, and in those days, when people live from paycheck to paycheck, went towards the end of the month, you can see the man, you know, whistling the house <laughs> because he knows he's going to get paid, you know. But as soon as the money is finished, and it has, that's when you see his eyes has changed. If you don't put food on the table at the right time, he becomes very, very angry. You know, he becomes like the sneakers, uh, the sneakers commercial. You know, he becomes a different person. When he, the idea is that when you are expecting something good, it changes your mood. You are happy. If you don't say expect anything, and you sit and you say, ah, how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to pay the card note? How am I going to pay this one? How am I going to pay that? If the child makes a mistake and crosses your path at that point in time, that child is in trouble because he can get whacked. Yeah? The reason is because you are not expecting anything. But if you are expecting a good meal, a good win for, and the money is coming, and you know the money is going to come, and you know it's going to be bigger than what you expect, even if the child is misbehaving, say, don't worry, don't worry, I'll buy you ice cream, I'll buy you donut, I'll buy you everything. Because you know he's expecting money. So, what you believe about God determines your attitude in life. It determines your attitude. A man is happy when he knows something is coming. And a man is disappointed when he knows that there's nothing is going to show up. Believing what I said about you also determines the kind of action you take. Okay? Determines your action you take. There was a particular songwriter back in Nigeria then. This young man, he, he, he wrote a song. He said that, ah, I'm trying to say I can translate this stuff from the language into English now. Mm. He said that uh, uh, when the month is about to come to an end, he said you see the young man who is working for the government. He said at that point in time, you will see the kind of places he will visit. He will visit the people who are selling food on the side of the road. That's when he'll be asking, you know, he'll be asking to be put on credit. He said, but eventually when he gets his money, 
the day he gets paid at the office, when he walks to that particular restaurant, he tells me, I need five pieces of meat. I need a bottle of this. I need a bottle of that. He's making that noise because he has money in his pocket. But when there is no money in his pocket, what happened? He just said, I don't worry, don't worry. I don't think I need that today. I think I'm going on diet tomorrow because he doesn't have the money. <laughs> but as soon as he has the money, he will forget about dieting. He will forget about healthy living. At that point in time, he will take it. Everything will be going on well for him. The idea will take, well, what I'm trying to say is that what you are what you believe or what you are expecting determines the kind of action you take. Yeah. It determines the kind of action you take. You can tell when the man of the house has money. You can tell. You can tell. He promised you everything. He promised you everything. And he's never angry. You see him happy. He will be happy when he has money in his pocket. But when there is no money in the bank account, you can tell the man of the house also. You can tell. His eyes will be unnecessarily red. He will just be, he'll be angry for no reason. You know? And he will just be, I mean, you just don't want to come near him at that point in time. It's not because of anything. He's not angry at you. It's just because he doesn't have money in his pocket. That's the problem. So, <laughs> my brothers, don't, don't, don't be angry with me. All the men in the house, don't be. <laughs> and I'm sure our sisters also understand already. They know. They know that when we don't have money, we behave in a very interesting way. But that's a story for another day. So, but what you believe about God determines the actions that we take. Now, if you don't believe it, you know, you cannot, you know, if you, if you don't, if you, if, you, if you cannot see it, you can't believe it. You cannot believe it, you can't have it. Okay? What you expect of God also determines the kind of results that you get from Him. Mm. What you expect from God determines the kind of results you get from Him. I used to tell people that hope is not a strategy. Okay? Hope is not a strategy. If you want good results, you need to perform good actions. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank you.